This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. In Australia, so it's about it's 29% of our production are meat and live animals. We do produce a lot more than what we need. So a lot of it is exported. And I think it's about 77% of our food and fiber. That was Anna Pimenta, one of the farmers and ranchers with Meet Your Beef. So her farm, Meet Your Beef, is located on King Island, which is a little island northwest of Tasmania, which is south of Australia. So this is a great episode if you want to learn about what um, agriculture and beef looks like in another country. So Anna is going to talk to us today about her company, about the farm, Meet Your Beef, their cattle, how they manage their herd, and how she has a great motto, which is the quote of the episode, happy animals equal good meat. She's going to talk to us about their farm, about how they're also very active with farm tours and bringing in people to see what goes on on a cattle ranch. And they also do these things in a sustainable and regenerative fashion. So they're also educating people on what that means and how it helps the environment in terms of raising cattle and feeding people. So this is a great episode. This is the Farm Traveler Podcast, and I am your host, Trevor Williams. I really hope you enjoy this kind of international episode. It was so cool to talk with Anna. Um, we had to figure out um, our time difference, which I think there's a 14-hour time difference between her and I. So it was we scheduled it, and it worked out. So I'm very happy with this interview, and you're going to learn a ton. And also what the Australia agriculture industry is like. There's a lot of sheep, there's a lot of cattle, and they do a lot of exporting of those goods. So... I hope you enjoy this episode. This is episode 65 with Anna Pimenta from Meet Your Beef. And be sure to check out their Instagram, their Facebook, and everything, which will be linked in the description for this podcast. Anyway, hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. Anna Pimenta of Meet Your Beef, how are you doing? I'm good, Trevor. How are you? I'm doing very well. I am excited to talk with you. We had a little bit of a 
a scheduling snafu trying to schedule you're in Australia I'm in the United States so we're about 15 hours apart but I'm glad we got it worked out and I am excited to talk with you so, so tell us a little bit about meet your beef and kind of how you got started doing that operation um, yeah first of all um, sorry you have to deal with an Australian accent mixed with a Portuguese accent um, so I hope you can all understand me um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so I run uh, a farm with my husband on King Island in Australia, um, which is a very productive uh, area of our country and in the world, actually. And um, yeah, as a side business, I run farm tours, Meet Your Beef, um, on our property where with a paddock to plate experience where I have the opportunity to show people the wider community or even other farmers um how we produce beef here on the island and uh, yeah a bit of few basics of um agriculture that's so cool so king island is the that's the southern island on australia like right right kind of on the southern tip a little bit so king island is an island of an island of an island uh, so you can <laughs> see that true. australia is an island <laughs> and then we've got tasmania which is an island off off of Australia and then King Island is an island of Tasmania so yeah an island of an island of an island which <laughs> it's kind of good because um, we means we've isolated which can be good or bad but is actually quite good in terms of uh, bios biosecurity um, for our um, agriculture here um, yeah it's run by water and uh, yeah that's a quite a good barrier that sounds like it yeah Kind of how has that kind of prepared the soil and prepared everything for you guys having a very successful operation? Because I know, um, I mean, it seems like a very fertile land. And I mean, the normal person probably thinks of Australia. They probably think of like the main island that's all kind of desert, quote unquote, mm -hmm. what it seems like. So kind of, can you kind of walk us through how diverse King mm -hmm. Island is? Yeah. So, yeah, as you said, Australia is incredibly diverse. Yeah, we've got desert, we've got, you know, tropical um We've got everything pretty much, and uh, we sit on a um, pretty good um, position on King Island or even Tasmania, but King Island is even better. And uh, so you mentioned we've got fertile soils. Actually, that is not quite true. Um, we Tasmania has incredible soils, like incredible, like amazing. The northwest of Tasmania, um, King Island, not so much. But what makes King Island very special is actually our climate. Um, so for plants to grow, you know, they need water, they need um, sunshine and warmth. And we got all that on King Island. So we've got plenty of water all year round, pretty much, you know, it rains uh, a lot in the winter and then keeps raining through spring. We've got a bit of rainfall in the summer and autumn and uh, yeah, which is great for plant growth. And we've got um, reasonable sunshine, although it gets forecast quite a lot uh, so we, um, because of the rain, but we do have the sunshine and uh, we've got the warmth. So here it doesn't drop below four degrees and it doesn't go even above 35. So um, yeah, it's quite a, a mild climate, which is great for plant growth. Um, so it, our soils are not that special, but we do have the conditions to grow really good um, plants. Gotcha. That's very good. So, tell us a little bit more about your operation. Like, what kind of cows do you grow? Do you raise, and kind of what's that whole process look like? We've got uh, two thousand 
uh, acres of land, which means about 810 hectares of productive land on King Island. Uh, we run about 2,000 head of cattle in that area, which is quite uh, impressive when you compare to other averages, um, just purely on pasture fed. So no supplements whatsoever. Um, and uh, with from those 2,000 head, 750 are breeding cows um, that we, we call our herd a self-replacing herd. So we've got our cows and they breed uh, calves and then we keep other females to replace, you know, the old or the cow females. Um, and then um, uh, the main, mainly with the Angus, Black Angus breed, although we do have some other breeds and we actually do love crossbreeding, it's just that the markets prefer Angus, so we kind of stick to that. Um, but yeah, mainly Angus with some Hedfords and um, even Simmental crosses, uh, which are very popular, I know, in America. Um, and uh, yeah, um, then it's kind of a cycle. So they calve once a year in about September, which is our spring. So we try to work with the seasons. Uh, so majority of our stock are on the farm in the springtime. So that's when our stocking rate goes really high. And then um, by, so then they calve in, in, they calve by the time the calves are, six months old, we wane the calves off the mothers. Um, and after that, they'll stay on the farm for another few months and we sell them at about 15 months of age uh, with the idea of this stocking before the winter, which is our limiting uh, season where it rains a lot and it's a little bit cooler and the pasture doesn't grow as much. Right, right, okay. That's very cool. So you said uh, one of your popular breeds is Brahmin? No, no, sorry. The Brahman breed is um, is um, used in the north of Tasmania, uh, north north of Australia, where the conditions are quite harsh. Here oh. we use the breed, British breeds, which are Angus, Hedford, and then we've got some Simmentails as well, Simmental crosses. Okay, okay, cool. That makes sense. That's you, it. Sounds like you have yeah. a very diverse breed there. That's really neat. We like it like that, but we do, as I said, majority, majority of them are Angus, pure Angus. And then we've got some that are crossbreds. Um, and uh, yeah, but we keep with Angus just because there's a bigger market. When we have to sell them, there's a bigger market for them. So um, yeah, we just um, work with our markets basically. Yeah, I might as well. That's a good idea. So when we were going back and forth with questions, you were talking about how your cattle, they're 100% grass fed, which makes sense. I mean, you're kind of grazing them. You also don't use antibiotics and hormones. So a, a question that a lot of consumers have are if a cow gets sick and they don't have antibiotics, what do you guys do to treat them? Yeah, no, the good question. And I think it's really important question. I go through that on my tours as well. Uh, I'm not against antibiotics. Um, I think they're really handy. When we say we don't use antibiotics or hormones, it's, it means the cattle you eat from our farm are not going to have that under the under the the brand that we currently sell to. Uh, but saying that if an animal is sick, we can treat them with an antibiotic. Although after that, they need to be identified as they've been treated. 
uh, hormones are actually prohibited in, in Tasmania, so no one in Tasmania can use them, and we certainly don't. Um, yeah, but with antibiotics, I love antibiotics when they're well used. Uh, of course, you, in a feedlot system, you're going to have more, you know, that's when you're probably going to use them more. On a grass-fed system, an extensive system like we do, uh, it's quite rare that you need to, going to be able, going to need to use antibiotics. So, you know, uh, it will be less than 1% of the, of the herd that actually needs antibiotics during the year. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, you're talking about your tours. Uh, tell us more about your farm tours. Like, what's the whole process like? And what are some types of people that kind of come on your farm hoping to learn more? Well, we have a huge variety of people coming to the property. Uh, sometimes we have farmers that are from other parts of the country and they're really curious to see. They know King Island's a great place to grow beef and they come here and they want to know all about it. So, my tours are really um, tailored to the knowledge of some of the people that come here. So uh, I can, you know, if I do a tour to another farm, it'll be a little bit different to the tour that I do to someone that just um, wants to know what, it, what beef production is all about and is just your normal consumer. So people, city people that are just are interested to know um, how beef is produced. So yeah, I do have to tailor to different people. So the tours are always different. Um, and uh, basically we just go around the farm. I have a bit of an introduction about our business because it is a, uh, with the way we started our business. It's quite different to the average uh, Australian farmer. Uh, we're self-made farmers. So I do go through our journey. Um, that kind of takes us to how we run the farm. Uh, so I take them around, have a look at uh, all the livestock classes and tell them about a, a little bit about the production um, and um, and yeah and then we come back to the to the house and have a nice uh, home-cooked meal with uh, our beef and some other local produce that's so cool uh, and and that's neat that you kind of end the tour with you're cooking your own produce so they can actually taste it and see what your beef tastes like um, have you had mm -hmm. any like huge educational moments on the tour where somebody kind of goes and they see what's going on and it kind of clicks for them? They kind of understand kind of farm life and kind of how important raising healthy livestock is? Yes. And um, um, yeah, we de they definitely do. They, some people know quite a little bit, but a lot of people know nothing about production, beef production. And the only, the thing they say is, you know, because I do tell them how happy animals translate to uh, good meat, good meat, and that's scientific. Like that's you know, there's a lot of scientific measures and studies that have have said that um, you know, healthy, happy livestock uh, gives you good meat through you know, ossification me measurements and etc. Um, so they definitely get um, a bit of a shock when they see a positive shock when they see how healthy and happy our livestock are, you know. And um, sometimes I'm a little bit scared they're going to find a bit confronting seeing the cows and then eating the, the beef. Um, but no, most people actually feel very, um, um, feel really well about um, going and see these happy animals and then eat them, eat this beautiful meal. 
That's so cool. That's going to be the quote of the episode. Happy animals equal good meat. And, and I think that's so true yep. that, I mean, like you said, it's backed up scientifically that animals that are cared for very well are going to be healthy. They're going to be happy and they're going to produce, they're, they're going to grow really well and produce a lot of meat. And of course, the more meat, the higher quality of meat means the more money for you, the farmer, which is a win-win, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's what I also go on about that because with um, you know increasing of animal welfare activism and animal activism and um, you know the pressure on farmers, um, it's something that is so simple that uh, if you don't have healthy animals, well, you're not going to make any money. So we're not you're going to have you're going to be less profitable. So the more the more the healthier your animals are and happier, the more profitable your operation is going to be. So it's a win-win. It's always a win-win situation. Yeah. Hey, there you go. That's so cool to hear. That's awesome. So what's the, um, what's the Australia agriculture industry like? I mean, what's the whole industry kind of famous for producing or what are some lesser known yep. um, items that you guys all produce over in Australia? Yeah, good question. Um, so Australia is again very diverse in terms of agriculture, but uh, grazing, so grazing, and that includes sheep and uh, cattle. Um, so that 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 is a majority of our production in in um, in Australia. So it's about it's twenty nine percent of our production are meat and live animals. We do produce a lot more than what we need, so a lot of it is exported, and I think it's about seventy seven percent of our food and fiber are exported. We the third largest um, uh, exporter of beef in the world, with um, with uh, Brazil and uh, India in front of us, um, and um, yeah, and um, we don't rely on subsidies. So we one of the so Australia and New Zealand and New Zealand are probably one of the lowest um, countries in the world with um, subsidies. So pretty much everything has to be made. So our farms have to be very profitable because we don't rely on the government um, to give us any money for production, um, which is a good thing. Uh, it's not always, you know, it can seem bad because since the farmers would be struggling, but it's not because it just forces us to really think it through and make, it, make our businesses work really well. And um, yeah, we're definitely on top of our game here. Um, yeah, and I mean, and yeah, it's incredibly um, amazing that um, Australia farmers manage 48% of our country's land. So 48% of, of Australia is managed by farmers, by use for agriculture. Um, yeah, I think we produce about 2.5 million tons of beef and veal per year, and we the we produce three percent of the, the world's beef. That's well. awesome. That's really cool. So it sounds like Australia has got a lot going on in terms of beef and a whole bunch of other commodities. Yeah, I think uh, I think agriculture is the second biggest industry here. Yep. Yeah, that's very cool. So I, I just thought about it, um, you know, when a lot, and you probably as an Australian get sick of um, foreigners asking this, but what's your role in the whole Vegemite stuff? I actually haven't had any Vegemite. <laughs> and anytime anybody asks me about anything Australian, they're like, you know, you have to ask a farmer what they think about Vegemite. So can you give us the scoop <laughs> on Vegemite? 
Yeah, I actually got a recipe with a beef recipe with Vegemite. I actually did last week, which is on my um, Instagram. If you want to check it out. <laughs> um, so I am Portuguese. Uh, I came here 12 years ago. So I am not your native um, Vegemite either. Um, my kids definitely live on Vegemite and my husband loves it. Uh, it took me a while to get used to it. Actually, when I first came to Australia, that was the first thing that was given to me. There you go. You need to try this. And I almost vomited because it was just shocking. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did get used to it. You'd need to put a lot of butter and then it kind of gets better. So, um, and you do get used to it. But it's actually really rich in vitamin B2 or B12. Uh, so it's not bad for you, but it's a really strong fermented kind of taste. Um, and I definitely, every time I go to Portugal to visit my family, I take a, a container with me for the kids for their breakfast <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, so funny. Okay. It's, it's a very Australian thing, definitely. It sounds like, it sounded like, I mean, that's something you definitely had to get accustomed to once you moved there. So, yes, you need a few years to get used to it. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that's so funny. So we were talking earlier when we were, were emailing, you guys are more kind of regener regenerative farming instead of like organic versus conventional, which is what we're kind of talking about on this new season. So tell us a little bit more, what exactly is regenerative farming and then how do beef cows play a part in that? Yep, um, regenerative farming is the word says it. Um, it's about leaving something better than what it was. So if your soil, for example, if you concentrate on soil cover, you wanna leave that better than what it was when you first got there. So that's regeneration. So when something is improving, uh, so you're improving, uh, constantly improving the condition of your soils, of your pastures, of your trees, uh, of your animals, of yourself as well. Um, so it includes a lot of social and economic and uh, environmental um, aspects, I guess. So uh, when I say so, when I say that we're more of a regenerative farmers. It's an evolving process, so we're not definitely not at the stage we want to be, uh, but we're definitely working towards improving what we have. And that's, for me, what regeneration is. So grazing and um, uh, ruminants, so such as cows, they play an important role in, tra in, in transforming what, you know, grass and pasture into some into beef, which is a, a great product to eat. And you know, humans can't eat grass, but we can eat beef. So they're great transformers of uh, fiber into protein. Um, they also um, so if done properly, um, and I'm actually at the moment engaged in a program organized by a research you know, by um, MLA in Australia about measuring the carbon in our operations or our emissions um, and I can't tell you where we're at because I, I'm, I'm, we're still in the process of finding out but um, but in general if things are doing well in a grazing system we can actually store more carbon than what our cows release and that's what I'm hoping for and if we're not up to that I'll you know we'll definitely be working towards that and we can do that by managing 
pastures through grazing. Um, we can do that by protecting our native vegetation and improving our biodiversity, or even by planting more, more trees. Um, and by not disturbing the soils and by not um, leaving bare ground. Um, yeah, so it's a constant, um, you know, it's, it's, it's managing what, the nature that we have in a way that can work well for both production and for the environment. Gotcha. Those are very good points. And that's very interesting that you're talking about kind of storing carbon because I've been looking on like doing some research on like carbon farming and most of the people that are doing it are saying that grazing cows is a great way to capture more and more carbon because I mean, they, they help store so much more carbon into the soil, which it's a win-win. It's, it's so great. I mean, it, you can help that natural supply and that natural process of the, of the cows grazing pooping and leaving the carbon in the soil and all that stuff. And so it's really cool that you, that you're mm -hmm. working on that in Australia right now. And part of that study, that's so cool. Yes, there's definitely a big movement. I think in Australia now to go from conventional farming to a regenerative farming more than organic, I reckon, but in general, um, great. The systems in Australia general are regenerative in nature. It's just that, we are measuring now and we are trying to improve it, I guess. So, you know, reduce the reliance on fertilizers, on inorganic fertilizers, and not saying that we're not going to use them, like we still use them, uh, but it's just being a bit smarter about um, how much you put in and do you really need all that, you know, the, that all amount. And um, also using your livestock, as you said, as, um, as a way of, um, um, managing your pastures in a good way that you know optimizes growth while um, restoring carbon into the soils. Right, right. That's all very cool. And so, so talking about you were saying that there's kind of a more a focus to go towards regenerative farming. What's the farmer-consumer relationship like in Australia? Is it kind of like how it is in the United States or the rest of the world, where people are kind of slowly learning more and more about where their food comes from thanks to social media? What's kind of that relationship like? Um, look, um, as you know, I don't know how it is there, but definitely in Australia, um, the, the farmers traditionally haven't been very good at uh, transferring their knowledge and what they do uh, to the general public. Because um, usually farmers are an introverted type of person um, and they're just very good at doing what they do, but they're not very good at um, um, putting it out there. It's just their nature. Um, so social media has been really good lately because, uh, you know, with more younger farmers coming up and um, people like myself that are more engaged in social media and are willing to... Um, you know, I had to take the time and the effort to put it out there. Um, yeah, so we're definitely getting a much more inf informed consumer. Um, I think that uh, then, and we actually observed that with with uh, the COVID nineteen. Now is that uh, um, most of the foods that went from the supermarkets were, you know, proteins. All the plant based foods were left on the shelf. So, um thinking you know like there's a lot of noise but really um there's still a lot of people that um 
uh, eating meat and I understand that what, what we do is uh, good for the environment and for the animals. Uh, so I'd say the majority of people are uh, well informed, um, but yeah, you still have people that are not, but that happens everywhere. But I think there's still a good connection here to the land from the, your, your average consumer. Okay, that's very neat. I'm glad to hear that, that there's kind of still that connection going on. And talking about uh, the COVID-19, how has it impacted you guys at all? I mean, you probably had to stop your, your farm tours, but how exactly has this coronavirus impacted you? Oh, yeah, so the tours and we've got accommodation as well. That, that has been highly impacted because we had to close, so I haven't been doing any tours um, and accommodation is closed. Uh, so that has, yeah, but in terms of farming, um, we're still being really busy. Uh, nothing stops. Um, so we're still, um, you know, doing what we usually do. Uh, saying that it it actually has been a little bit difficult the last month to get cattle off the farm. So we've been trying to sell some of our cow females and uh, um, it's been really hard to sell them because everyone is trying to sell them. Um, there's a bit of, um, you know, we're a bit scared that the prices prices are really good at the moment but they are coming down and everyone's a bit scared that they will keep coming down um so pretty much everyone's trying to sell it is trying to sell at the same time which you know it has had an impact on our property because this is a time that we did stock so we go into a winter with them comfortably and at the moment we kind of yeah scratching our heads thinking oh, these animals need to get out of here pretty soon. Otherwise, we're going to run into trouble. Yeah, so. Right, right. Well, I wish you all the best of luck, and I hope things continue to get better for you. I know this is a crazy, crazy time that we're all living in. So, you know, um, mm. this has been so cool learning all that you guys are doing, Anna, um, at Meet Your Beef, and just in Australia in general. Um, if people want to follow you and see what you guys are doing, what, what social media can they go and follow you guys? Or do you have a website? Where can they go to kind of follow and see what you guys are up to? Yep. Um, yeah, you should go and have a look. Um, we, if you just Google or hashtag or at meet your beef. And when I say meet your beef is M E A T your beef. Um, You'll find us on the internet, uh, on our websites. If you just Google that, you'll find our website. Um, if you just hashtag MeteorBeef or at uh, MeteorBeef, you'll find us on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it should, yeah, come and go and check it out. And I'm pretty, yeah, I usually post something daily about what we're doing on the farm. And um, yeah, it's a good way to see what, what happens on the other side of the world. Yeah, it's so cool to kind of see that kind of the ag industry is still going 24-7 right now, even though during even though yep. COVID-19 is still happening. Well, well, Anna, this has been great. Yep. Thanks so much for being on. Um, best of luck to you guys, and we'll hopefully touch base with you soon. Thank you, Trevor. And yeah, keep up with the good work. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. I appreciate that.
Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.